When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm calling this one a ball don't lie edition of the Seminole softball rap. Gwen, you okay with that? Like a, like a, you know. Yeah. Um, this is the ump show. You uh-huh. know, at your Florida State Seminoles, ACC regular season champs last week. This uh, special selection Sunday edition, or as we told you before, we're going to go every sun, every Sunday of the rest of the way as long as there is a team, um, which as long as Gwen and I schedules allow, if not, it might be a Monday episode or whatever, but yeah, we'll get you an episode each week. Uh, your tournament champions now too, despite um, all of you in the, in the comments section, just raging on, on Saturday afternoon on the phantom double play. We'll talk about it of course, but um, you know, we now know who's going to be coming to Tallahassee for the tournament for the Tallahassee regional. We'll also mm-hmm. look at who's going to be on the possible slate. And before you guys jump down my throat, we need to talk about it. Who might be on the horizon in the Supers. I don't want to hear it. I understand <laughs> that they have to win the regional to get there. I understand what happened a year ago, but we're going to talk about it. It's not my responsibility to yeah. make sure they're focused on the regional at hand. My I mean, responsibility is to break down what's happening. To be fair, I mean, I think everyone would agree last season was like a major fluke. I think across the board. So we'll find out by next weekend, I guess. Right. You know, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know, the, the broadcaster jinx. Well, first of all, we're not broadcasters. We're two people, <laughs> with, we're two people with a zoom. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not in charge of keeping them focused on the game as it is. Regardless, Gwen and I, Brian, Brian, Gwen Rhodes, Brian Peller in here with you. Going to run you through all that. Plus what other stuff, I guess, around the regionals look interesting. Uh, yes, Alabama, we're looking at you. Uh, but <laughs> looking we'll, we'll, at Alabama, looking yeah. right at you what is that uh but we'll we'll go ahead and do it our usual format we'll go game by game here in the acc tournament to start it off obviously tournament champs i just mentioned it swept right through it the opener 4-1 and as i called it for you glenn ho-hum very ho-hum mac continues to shine she drives in three gives you two one run innings that's it i i, I got nothing I just they, they just played good softball in one yeah i think the first game was just come out and win it and get your feet under you kind of thing. Um, they didn't start Syracuse didn't start their freshman. That's really good. So once I saw that, I was just kind of like, okay, I think we have a little bit, I mean, not that we had like a bad chance against the freshman, but I think we had an exponentially better chance against Lindsay, Lindsay Hendricks who did start the game. So. Yeah. They, they uh, came out and it, it I, I, again, it just wasn't. I saw the comments again. We're like, oh, here goes the offense again. Oh my God, I don't seem that great. We should be winning by you know four one. That's not. Uh, if, if you were worried about the offense, you got it in game two, the semifinals against Virginia Tech, a nine one six inning run rule. Uh, I, my note here is just never in doubt. I had this one on. I've got a little uh, second TV here in the office. I flipped it on and uh, four nothing in the first, six nothing after two. 
Top of the order, really dominant. Your one, two, three, Mudge, Kerr, and Harding, each scoring two runs, at least driving in one. Harding really drives in four. Uh, Michaela, Mack, and Devin with RBIs in the win as well. Cat goes a complete game, only giving up the solo homer. Dominant in your conference semifinal game. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. Not like in, like in a bad way surprised, but just how Virginia Tech played against uh, their first their first game and you know winning four against the same team is a really hard task especially when Virginia Tech can really hit the ball really well so I, w- I was very surprised that we like run ruled them I-, I would say like it wasn't like a close game really at all so yeah they I mean right off the jump was like home run or home run. It was like double 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 like right off the jump it was just yep. very quick um it just seemed like it was over before it started. It, it yeah. was very quickly for nothing. I was like, that's game. I'm done. That's enough. <laughs> um, so we'll move on quickly here to the championship game, which, uh, you know, you stop me anywhere you've got interest here. I, I think the pretty well played softball game overall, you had the robbed home run, which obviously played huge in it. Uh, you took the lead early for Kerr getting you a double who was, she was excellent in the tournament. Yeah. Um, you gave up the run back in the fifth on a pass ball, which was really a tough one. I mean, it hits a right, hit it right in the glove, just popped out and rolled to the backstop. Yeah. Uh, even watching it, it felt like even in and out of the glove, it shouldn't have rolled that far away. It was, it was kind of, kind of odd the way that ball moved. Yeah. I mean, this game was all around, like, I think great game that you want to see in the championship series, like between two teams, like Florida state and Duke. Um, and I mean, Florida state, I'm, I, Duke did have their fair share of like defensive web gems as well. But I think the way Florida state came out and played defense very early on, like showed how much more they wanted it and how much more prepared they were than Duke was like, there was an error of course by our infield, but like, I think the way that we came out really early on in the first and second inning showed why we won the game, I think. And and I think it goes back to, it could very easily, it's honestly what we kind of talked about at the beginning, like we're not in charge of how well they played, but you could see a scenario where as a conference champion in the regular season, maybe you don't come out as hard. You've got like a, you know, we've already won our championship, so be it. Um, I mean, they were playing really hard, diving catches, the home run robberies, the, the um, you know, you could tell both teams really wanted this game. It, it was a, yeah. it, and it's great to see if your, your team as a number one seed, the number three team in the country really play as hard as they did. Obviously it felt like they were on the verge of uh, taking the lead and potentially winning this one in the sixth. And and Gwen, don't worry, we're going to get your full take on it here in case you somehow missed it. And and your head was under a rock. uh, You got one out here in the sixth. Kerr's on first. Michaela hits a line drive to third. The, The third baseman leaps, hits the glove, stays in the glove, comes out of the glove transfer it's picked up, thrown to first, skips away from the first baseman out into foul territory. Kerr and Enfield both stopped while running when the ball looked caught, then dropped. Um, both continued running, ended up second and third. Umpires yeah. get together, a lengthy discussion. The eventual ruling is the ball is caught. Um, so Michaela out. And because Kerr never tagged, she's also out. So double play. Um, you can see on the replays initially the home plate umpire does signal out, yeah, uh, when the ball is first caught. Um, didn't look very vocal to me, it looked like a very simple, and you can't see it because this is this is called terrible podcasting, but a nice little (laughs) fist raise kind of pump, like out, yeah. Um, 
I watched it again today, and I just still can't arrive at what I thought was a fair result from the play. Like, I know what I think really happened. I don't think she caught it. I could see how you would say maybe she caught it. I just yeah. don't know what a fair, like, what a fair call is at the end of the play. Because, yeah. like, they're like, the ball hits the ground, they pick it up, they throw it away. I'm like, what do you do with it? Yeah, it's kind of like, I feel like there's, like, five different schools of thought on this because, you know, the the question was, did she catch it or did it come out on the transfer out of her glove and into her hand? And then you have the thought of, like, oh, well, she threw to first, so she didn't think she caught it. And then it's like also, well, she was throwing to first because of the double play because Janai was on first, obviously. Right. Um, so, I mean, I was kind of, I mean, I was one of the very few, it seemed, that saw the home plate umpire actually signal out. But then once you get into like the four different angles of the play, I think it does come out. Like, it's also like, how long does the ball have to stay in her glove for it to be considered an out? Right. And then you have the que- the like I said, the question of, you know, the transfer versus it being in the glove. And it was a very hard hit ball. So, like, who knows? It could have just popped out. It wasn't even, like, her fault necessarily. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm definitely in the school of thought where it's, like, she did not catch it. Like, it came out of her glove. Yeah. It, it wasn't, like, a she dropped it on the transfer or whatever. But, I mean, as soon as Anna Gold, who was the third baseman, threw that ball to first, she, like, knew that she got herself into trouble pretty much. Um, and I, I don't know, cause they put up the reviews, like what's reviewable. And like, for some reason, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what was on that long list. Um, but I think the only one that was close to qualifying was like caught fly ball with nobody yeah. on or two yeah, outs, that's what it was. Which yeah, extremely exactly. specific. Yeah. And I get it. Cause it's like, you know, plays like that and other similar plays, it's like, where do you place the runners? I think a lot of it has to come down to the umpires don't want to place the runners because they don't know like hypothetically what could happen. Um, so yeah, it, like a really unfortunate break for Florida state, especially that late in the game. But I mean, it showed out like the seventh inning, exactly like you said, ball don't lie. Um, so it, I mean, it could have been over in the sixth inning, but yeah, it just wasn't. Yeah. And where, where I kept thinking about it was like, I watched it and then I like, they make the ruling. I'm like, that's kind of gross. But then I was like, what's like, what's like you said, like, where do you like, if, if it goes the other way and they say, yeah. nah, never mind, she didn't catch it. Like, wh- what is fair? Like, if you put runners yeah. on second and third, because in my head, I'm like, okay, well, she didn't catch it. They never initially stepped on first. So if they don't step on first until after they say, okay, it's caught, she's out, which took like 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, I'm like, it's kind of gross for Janai to be out. But then I'm like, well, do you put her at first? Do you yeah. put her at second? Yeah. Like, where do you put? Her? And then I was like, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, if he called out, I'm okay with this. It still feels wrong. But I don't, I just don't know what would have yeah. been even like fair. Like, what was like fine for both teams? It seemed like one way or the other, it was going to be unfair. Yeah. And like, just the way the play developed, like afterwards and the umpires talking, they initially called Michaela out on the line drive. And then it was kind of like, oh, nothing's happening. Nothing else is happening. So Janai is somewhere on base. Yeah. Um, And then it was ultimately ruled like a minute or two later that Janai was also out and it was a double play. And it was just like, everyone was confused. So I don't know. Very odd, very weird way. And glad it doesn't end up impacting the result, obviously, because Florida State does still end up winning the game. And it's, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. This, 
base running wins the day for them again. I mean, yeah. uh, Dev Flaherty's speed gets her on base to begin with on just a really weakly hit single up the middle. They really had no play. It barely, it barely actually, I didn't think he got at the infield. I think maybe the shortstop or second baseman stopped it, yeah. but never had a chance. And uh, Keen with a real soft little <laughs> flip single in the left that just yeah. kind of dropped in. The, it was the outfielder fell and uh, Dev just kept running. And yeah. it's it's just speed wins, man. It just, it showed right there. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. When Bethany hit that ball, I was like, ah, it's an owl. But I, because, you know, with Duke, you expect them to make those easy kind of plays. But I mean, it was kind of on, I was, I was a little bit surprised it wasn't called an error, but I mean, all credit to BK for sure. Yeah, it, it flipped out there. And I was like, I was sitting there watching. I was like, just keep running. Just go, yeah. go. Just don't, st- just run. Send her, yeah. just go. I mean, if they make a play, great. If that girl stands up off her, off the ground, picks up, throws it home and gets her out, great. But just keep going. Um. One thing I did want to note here too, before we go any any further than this, obviously championship, great. That's uh, just a fantastic accomplishment for this team. Um, Michaela Edenfield in the celebration. I saw you talking about it in the comments, and uh, when it happened live, my wife said the same thing. Uh, you can see her in the top of the of the shot uh, yeah. of Dev scoring. She's standing on the top step with the catcher's gear on. She runs out towards home plate. Dev scores. She stops. Shoe comes off. She turns and runs to the outfield, and she takes a couple of steps and then starts hopping. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if she just loses her shoe. She rolls her ankle in the losing her shoe process. She definitely was, loses I, the shoe. Yeah, she I, she tweeted, and the FSU softball Instagram also is just like she just lost her shoe. She's fine. I mean, we all know how it is to like run with one shoe on and like one yes. shoe off. So it just felt probably awkward. So yeah. Well, and my wife was like, "Is she wearing a boot?" And I was like. No, that's, she's like, no, it's catcher's gear. Okay. And I was like, yeah. I was like, cause she just saw like, you know, the webbing behind the leg. And I was like, no, yeah, she, yeah she's the catcher. Uh, but yeah, you could see it kind of in the celebration. Like, what is that? And I was like, is she okay? And then I went back and watched it. Like, oh, you can kind of see right where she loses her shoe on the run. Of the play. <laughs> um, but yeah, good, good, good to see that it was just a shoe loss there. So if anyone's out there panicking, that, that's what they're saying. And, and hopefully we just roll with it next weekend and everything's fine. Um, again, this team finishes, you got your all-tournament team, their ter- tournament champions, your all-tournament team selections, uh, Harding, Leonard, Muffley, and then the tournament MVP, Kat Sandercock. I mean, she gives you 13 yep. innings. She pitches in all three games, and she was spectacular. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure who else should could have been the MVP. It seems like she was a pretty obvious choice there. I mean, I kind of thought Mac was going to be for a while, um, and I think Mac probably also deserved it too, but of course you can only have one, and I think Kat is an amazing choice, so I'm I'm very happy for Kat. What an excellent time for Mac to continue to find everything. Yeah. You know, she's she's showing up in the circle. She's hitting the ball really well. Um, I don't think you could have asked for her to find it at a better time. Yeah, I agree. Overall, your team finishes 50 and 8, 30 and 2 at home, uh, which is where they'll get to play the rest of their games, unless they're heading to OKC, in which case I think we're all plenty happy with however that turns out. So you know, I think it's an absolutely incredible season. And, uh, you know, we always get very lost in in there's only one winner and everyone else is a loser, right? I think it kind of speaks to when, like, if you watch the NBA, like Giannis was saying after the Bucks got eliminated, <laughs> like, and that guy was like, is this a failure? And he was like, well, is it only a failure because I didn't win? Because 29 teams don't win. Yeah. Um, I think if you sit back and, and we could all just take a quick second to breathe here. Number three in the country as a number three overall seed, your ACC regular season champions, your ACC tournament champions, you were dominant throughout conference play. Looking at these top seeds, you played a lot of them. 
um, already in the regular season, and you had you had one hell of a year. So just to you know, be- pause before we go too far. <laughs> this is one hell of a season. Yeah, definitely. And now we move on. There was your pause. So your oh, top sorry. eight tournament seeds. No, no, I that's mean, okay. Yeah, it's just like we had those like stumbles in the beginning, and like everyone was immediately hitting the panic button. And after last season, I, you know, I, I get how it's a little bit warranted where it's like, oh my God, we're losing to Longwood or whatever. But I mean, it's, it's hindsight's 2020, of course. Right. But I mean, especially with Florida state softball, I feel like you could just never count them out. Like they're not the team they were a month ago or definitely in February. So. Yeah. They, um, it's just a really impressive year. I mean, it's just, um, even from where we were coming out of the OK state, series heading into the Oklahoma game. I mean, we kind of talked about it. I think it was the Friday game was a really, really good softball game. It was the Saturday game. I forget one of the two of them was just like, we were like, that was a great game. That was, that was an Oklahoma city type type softball game. You were there, so you would know better, but um, I mean, you know, it, it tricks out where both of them are in the top eight. So I'll move on to the top tournament seeds. We'll, we'll, I'll list off the top regional hosts, the seeds, and then we'll focus specifically on the regional before we move on to kind of matchups across the country. So your top, Eight seeds who will be uh, in play, I guess, to host a super if they were to advance. Oklahoma one, UCLA two, Florida State three. Gwen, you were kind of hopeful that uh, Florida State might jump to two. Yeah, I was because they lost to Utah last night. But I think if I think what it probably came down to was our head to head against UCLA, and we lost that game. So I think if we won that game back in February in Clearwater, we could have been a two seed. But alas, I'm fine with three. So at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter. You end up if you both make it to OKC, you're on the same side of the of the schedule anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Oklahoma, UCLA, Florida State, one, two, three, Tennessee, four, Alabama, five. We'll get to you. Number six, Oklahoma State, Washington, number seven, and Duke, number eight. So Duke gets in there as the top eight seed. Um, maybe the surprising one of the group. I would say. I think. I mean, Duke probably helped their cause a little bit getting to the tournament title and how well they played us. Um, but I think just surprising out of that. I mean, we'll get to Alabama. That could probably be like its own segment. But I think Duke is very generous. Eight seed question mark and Stanford, who's number nine, probably should it probably should have been flipped in my opinion. I think it makes sense to flip them. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it makes a pretty big difference because if they both advance to a super, it's yeah. Stanford having to go to Duke versus Duke having to go to Stanford. I mean, that's a that is quite a difference. It's not like uh, if they had flopped Stanford in Washington or something. Right. Uh, going down the rest of the list, so your your other regional host sites is. 9, Stanford, 10, LSU, 11, Arkansas, 12, Northwestern. I know a lot of people are excited to see Northwestern get a host. 13, Texas, 14, Georgia, who is your matchup there. We'll get to them in a bit. 15, Utah, and uh, 16, Clemson. Clemson gets uh, gets to host one. Yeah, I also forgot to mention, I, mean, I think a lot of these top eight seeds are very, very generous. Um, Somebody's got to get them. Oklahoma State, number six. I believe they've lost like 11 out of their 13 games or something like that. So. Yeah, who knows these days? <laughs> uh, anything, yeah. anything stand out in the others? Maybe Clemson getting one, getting a host there. Yeah, Clemson. They have a really, really hard regional. I will say, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose their regional. I think, I think honestly, Auburn's heading there, right? Yep, I think it's kind of Auburn's to lose, in my opinion. I mean, Cal State Fullerton is a really great team as well. Um, so don't sleep on the Titans, in my opinion. But yeah, I. Clemson I mean they're going to get matched up with Oklahoma too later on like I think Auburn should have been a host um or at least just not sent to Clemson um and I think Auburn's going to come in with a really big chip on their shoulder because of that and we'll see how it plays out 
Yeah, I'm interested in if there were some kind of conference numbers that maybe worked out there. I don't, I don't know. It was very yeah. um, interesting to see to see them kind of getting slid down a, a line there and um, Clemson get rewarded. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, we kind of alluded to it last week. We didn't think they were really playing well. You've, you've continued to kind of <clears throat> around the team. So certainly an interesting way that one played out. Uh, so we move on now to Florida State's regional tough one i would say a tough one yeah you end up, yeah, I, w- I would agree you end up uh, here with the group of uh florida state ucf south carolina and marist gwen i told you i was just doing the floor the the florida state football podcast which you should check out if you listen to this now we talk a lot about interesting stuff um so i haven't gotten deep into the research the big the furthest i've gotten there was south carolina um I mean, it feels like the FAU transfer, and I, I tried to look at the last name. Donnie Goborn? Goborn, yeah. Nailed it, yeah. She, 189 Ks and 120 innings, first team all, all SEC. Uh, they obviously made the run through their through the SEC tournament to, to get to the title game and lose to Tennessee there. Um, I haven't gotten to look into UCF. Obviously, they looked, from what I could tell, down from last year, obviously, as a, as a regional host, but still AAC champions. Yeah. It's... um. South Carolina is a scary one to have in your, in, in your bracket. Yeah, I I know a lot of people were like, oh, I don't want Florida at our regional, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I would rather have Florida than South Carolina just for Donnie Goborn alone. Like she is the reason South Carolina is in the position that they're in. Um, like she pretty much single-handedly get, got them to the SEC championship game. And I think their hitting is is good. Like it's not bad, but... I think they get more lucky than they don't. Um, It's also going to be the return of Brooke Blankenship, who was on the team last season. So she is the the starting shortstop for South Carolina now. She's done pretty well. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Donnie pitches in all the games during this weekend because what she's done the last week in the SEC tournament, um, a a different starter will go one or two innings or one or two times through the lineup. And then that third time through the lineup, Donnie Goborn comes in and it's, it's literally lights out after that. Like no other team has a chance. So I think if we get to that point against South Carolina, like we absolutely need to capitalize on South Carolina as early as possible and get as, as much as we can up against them. Because once Donnie comes in, like it's not going to be much of anything after that. Yeah. It's tough when you've got a pitcher who's averaging one and a half strikeouts per inning, you know, I mean, if you're not willing, you're not able to touch the ball and, and, two of your at bats in an inning I mean, that, you know, I mean, obviously one and a half is one or two, but you know, you get the idea. That's a, that's a real tough spot to be in. I mean, if there's one good thing you'd have is you would feel good about your pitching maybe against theirs, yeah, uh, against definitely. their lineup, uh, not a big home run team, only one player with 10. You mentioned Brooke. She leads the team an average at three thirteen. I'm I, I, there's one girl that was higher, but she had like seven games played. I'm not going to count it. Yeah. Uh, at, one thing I did note too, is a high seals totals get five players in double digits. And they're just behind FSU in kind of like the national steals leaders, like the two steals behind them. So uh, both like top 15 in the country. So so they run. It seems like a team that just kind of puts the ball in play and, and tries to put pressure on you, which, you know, we've seen we've yeah. seen some error issues around. So um, not great, maybe. But, you know, I, I still think it, it's I, I've seen the complaints. I saw the, the, the replies to the tweet about this regional and uh, a lot of you are unhappy. I still feel this is winnable. Uh, what are your oh, thoughts yeah, on UCF? Definitely. On UCF, I like you said, they're kind of down from last season, but I think just kind of 
selfishly, I'm really excited to see Jasmine Williams, who hits mom bombs. She's a mom, which I think <laughs> is so exciting. Um, but she's she was really hot this last that this last weekend in Tampa at the tr- conference tournament. I think she hit two home runs, something like that. Um, so she's coming in pretty hot as well. I think Sarah Willis uh, is a Washington transfer. She is a two way player, but lately she's been mostly pitching. I think she a few weekends ago she threw the UC, the first ever UCF seven inning perfect game. Um, so she's really hot as well. Like she is their leader in ERA and wins. So I I wouldn't be surprised like if we get to the championship with UCF. Um, Sarah Willis is probably going to start or Grace Jewell, who's also a really amazing, like kind of one, two punch with those two. So mom bombs might be one of my favorite things now in this entire sport. I'm now going to spend Let's hope the next she doesn't minutes. hit mom bombs against us though. Let's, well, I, I mean, I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes. Looking at this. I, oh, wait, hold on a second. So I searched mom bombs and the first tweet I see is from three days ago. And it says, I support hashtag mom bombs from Gwen Rhodes. Oh my gosh. She's turning her back on us. I do support mom bombs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also like UCF's offense has Jada Cody, who's like been one of the best players in the country consistently for the past several years. Um, and definitely one of the best players on their team. So, I mean, Jada has been on the USA team. Like she's kind of been doing it all. So, you know, she's definitely probably their biggest offensive threat as well. Uh, I'll take it one more further step. Any thoughts on Marist? Am <laughs> I even saying that right? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those schools I've only seen the name written down. I've never actually had to say it. And now that I said it out loud, yeah, I, I actually, like, eh. fun fact, I actually applied to a job at Marist um, when I was like going through my job application process, um, you know, a school up in Poughkeepsie, New York. I am kind of thankful I am not there, but whatever. Um, yeah, Marist is 29 and 28. So I don't know if they had an above 500 going into their conference tournament, but that's how they are here. Um, they won the MAC MAAC championship. I don't know if that's MAC or like a MAC. Man. Yeah, Mac. I don't know. But they won their conference tournament. They swept um, all their opposition against even number one, Canisius, who was hosting. Um, they had to win two because it's a double elimination format for their conference tournament. So that's pretty impressive, I think. Um, it was a pretty close game, the first game against Canisius, and then a 6 2 win in the winner-take-all game. So I think uh, Maris is probably riding a pretty hot hand, um, but I don't I don't think they're probably the biggest mid-major threat that could come to Tallahassee. So, Yeah, running through the conference there, I, I'm looking through their, their list here. Uh, Maris, where's that in? What did you say the name of this was? Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie. I, was, I, was, I looked at it and I got scared of it. I was like, how do I say that? Yeah. Uh, so overall, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a good regional. I mean, I think in softball nowadays, I don't think anyone's good at, well, I, I, I should stop. I don't think anyone's going to get an easy regional except Alabama, but you know, I I think it's, it's a competitive one. I think you've got teams in in UCF. That's got some punch. You've got South Carolina uh, with the things we were afraid of and just one ace pitcher who can absolutely light it up. I think a year ago we had the same thing in, was it USF who had the, the, yeah, but we didn't see her at all. Didn't so. see her at all, right? We, you know, we came in, we were like, well, and you have that similar situation where UCF could wake it where you don't ever see Donnie. Um, you know, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out overall. Obviously, Florida State's the number three team in the country for a reason. Um, yeah. you know, and if you're going to win the championship, you've got to beat good teams. And so, for all the hey, that's not fair, yeah, kind of is what it is. You know, I mean, it's it's how it works out. It seemed like everyone that was a non-SEC regional host was going to get an SEC school. So, yeah. 
you kind of, you got yours and you got South Carolina. So uh, is what it is. It seems like one you can win. And speaking of SEC hosts, you are matched up with, again, I'm going to talk super regionals. I don't know what to tell you. You'd match up with the Athens regional. If you make it to the super regionals uh, teams, there: Georgia, Virginia tech, Boston university and NC central uh, Georgia's to lose. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, I think, you know, Georgia is one of those teams where they can absolutely crush the ball like nobody's business. Um, and they finally, I feel like, have the pitching to go along with it. They have a Duke transfer. They have their ace back from last season as well. So, I mean, they've added speed on the base pass as well. They, of course, have Sarah Mosley and Jada Kearney returning this season. And I mean, I I can take a quick look right now. I'm pulling up the Georgia stats like. I last year, Sarah Mosley was the top front runner for SEC player of the year. Um, she didn't get it, but I mean, she absolutely can hack the ball like nobody's business. Um, and it looks like the leading home run hitter is Sarah Mosley and Jada Kearney with 16 and 18 respectively. So like those two alone and even Sydney Kuma is their third player in double digit home runs. So like those three absolutely going to be lights out and something you have to like be afraid of, I think. Seems like it's an overall um, fine regional over there. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's it may be a little bit difficult um, depending on how you look at it. Boston is a really good team. They have been for a very long time. Um, Ali Dubois actually came from Boston. So, um, yeah, they've been very good for a very long time. They're usually the automatic bid out of the Patriot League. So I'm not surprised to see them. Um, NC Central is a pretty good team, too. Virginia Tech, we all know what Virginia Tech is. Hopefully, if they want to make it interesting, I think Virginia Tech has to be a little bit better than they have been. They need to play like they did in their first game of the ACC tournament against um, whoever they match up with in Athens. Um, it seems like I think in the in the draw of things, it's not a bad spot for a state. It looks like a fair. Yeah. It, I got it. It's you know, if you're not, if you're gonna, you're probably gonna have SEC teams in your way some way or the other. Just the way this this whole bracket shakes out. I mean. South Carolina was, I think, the 10 seed in the tournament and ran to the conference championship game, and they're they're sitting here in your bracket. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of teams in that conference to make this tournament, a lot of hosts. So one way or the other, you're going to end up matched up with one. Yeah. Uh, other interesting regionals, we've alluded to Alabama, and I'll just I'll just kick it to you as, as the first place to start. The teams there, and I just had the tweet in front of me. I just moved it out of the way. Let me scroll down. Uh, Alabama, Central Arkansas, Middle Tennessee, and LIU yep. heading to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I, I, if I were Alabama, I would honestly be afraid of Central Arkansas. Like, Central Arkansas is ranked. They're a ranked team, um, and they swept uh, Arkansas when they were playing them earlier in, the, like, their midweek games this season. Like, they have two very, very good pitchers. One of them won uh, their conference pitcher of the year, and the other one is a top 10 finalist for uh, player of the year. So, I mean, University of Central Arkansas is absolutely not messing around, and I think you know, Alabama, we saw if you watch the SEC tournament, Montana Fouts is questionable. Um, we don't know the status of her injury, but, you know, you're probably not going to see her as much as you wanted to if you're Alabama. Um, so Central Arkansas can definitely come in and take a game away from Alabama if they're not careful, for sure. Uh, any of the others stand out to you a lot? I mean, uh, I know, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm going to LSU and... Uh... I'm surprised to see them as original host personally, but I, they had an high RPI. I just didn't think they were very good. This year. I, I I guess, like, I guess they're looking at whole body of work. I'm not exactly sure, but I mean, Alabama, like just 
Alabama coming into this week was ranked 11th. And now they're technically ranked five, which is absolutely like I can't wrap my mind around that at all. And I think everyone is pretty much sharing that same line of thinking. Like, I just I just don't know where that kind of comes from. Um, But I I think Arkansas probably has one of the tougher regionals because you have Oregon, Notre Dame and Harvard, Harvard being the Ivy League uh, bid and Notre Dame and Oregon. Like Oregon, I feel like is pretty has been pretty slept on for a while. Like they have a, a bunch of good players. So I, it, I don't know. That's, that's an entirely toss up situation out in Fayetteville for sure. Uh, you had Utah make the jump up to 15, the steal one of their conference title. They look like a, uh, a fun team based on how they played yesterday. Oh, sorry. Say that again. Oh, Utah looked like a fun team based oh. on how they played yesterday. Zooms. Yeah. It happens, people. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Utah, I did not get a chance to watch that game, but like I was following along on Twitter and apparently they lost two players in that game against UCLA, which also if Utah makes it out of this regional yes. and UCLA makes it out of the regional, you will get for like the 16th time this season, because I believe they played also during the regular season as well, another Utah-UCLA matchup. Um, but I mean, I, I've been a Utah fan for a while, like at the beginning of the season, like they were kind of my Pac-12 dark horse. So I'm really glad. And I think, you know, Baylor going out to Utah, Utah's park, for those who don't know, is absolutely ginormous. It is a very pitcher friendly park. A lot of home runs do not get hit there. So, you know, if you're Baylor and Ole Miss, like you're not, you know, taking it out on Utah for sure. But I think Baylor is going to be a really tough test for Utah. Uh, looking elsewhere, I, uh, I'm, I, I, Thank you to anyone at any NCAA selection committee who pairs Texas and Texas A&M. Just anytime anyone does it, thank you. It's just, it's, it's all I ever need in life. Just let them hate each other forever. Um, That seems like a fun one, of course. Any others that jump out to you? I think Tennessee is going to be kind of hard. I mean, you have Northern Kentucky, Indiana, and Louisville. Like those three teams have each of the top three home run leaders in the country with Taryn Kern, a freshman at Indiana. Taylor Roby uh, at Louisville, they're both tied at 22, which is second. And then Kiki Malloy is the home run leader in the country at 23 for Tennessee. Like, and plus Tennessee just has a really great pitching staff. I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they, you know, throw all their pitchers. But I mean, even Indiana has a really good pitching staff and their, their offense is just absolutely electric right now. All right. I'll put you on the spot for this one. You said you think the Clemson regional is Auburn's to lose. Uh, do you see any other non-national seeds, any of these non-top 16 seeds as favorites in these? Or do you have a a maybe lower seed you expect to come out of one of these regionals? Or or more than one? I'll take I'll take any of the ones you think. Um I think I won't say Charlotte could come out of the Duke regional, but I think Charlotte could give Duke a really big run for their money. Like Charlotte is a very, very good team. This is the first time they've ever made the NCAA tournament. But like, don't let that surprise you. Like, they are very good. Um, usually, whatever midweek they have against whatever Power Five team, they they win it. They win it, um, or they at least give them a really big run for their money. Like they played Duke earlier this season. I think it went into extra innings, and Duke eventually came out on top. But I mean, like, Charlotte's not messing around. I think Wichita State for the Stillwater Regional, like, they're the best team in that in that regional. I, UMBC is also not one to like bat your eyes at like they're a very good team as well um they have one of the best pitchers in the country and Courtney Coppersmith who absolutely flies under the radar um out in Baltimore County but and then Nebraska 
is a little bit down from last year. I also feel like I've seen this regional like five times in the past. <laughs> just always, I mean, I get it like the 400 mile radius, whatever, like it is what it is. But yeah, I think Wichita State is definitely the hottest team out of that entire regional. And I, Oklahoma State, I just don't have a lot of confidence in right now. So one thing I think that that comes up in, especially in softball is the, the non-name brand teams. Um, yeah. you know, I, I feel like we kind of have this, and it's easy to say coming out of the, uh, the football podcast, I just did not, but to 20 minutes ago, but you know, to have this bias towards power five, the, the brand names, and obviously the sec has got a bajillion hosts and, and tournament teams here, but, um, you know, you're alluding to a lot of Boston university or not even alluding to you're mentioning a Boston university, Wichita state. Um, Louisiana is potentially one that could, could beat LSU. Yeah. They should have posted in my opinion. It's surprising. Right. And, and for some reason they always LSU. And that's one that I swear every time I wake up, it's, it's UL is the two seed of the LSU regional. Um, you know, you, you can list a lot. Why, why do you think in softball, there is more of a prevalence in these non power five, non even group of five, you know, it, it seems similar to college basketball in a way where like, you know, there's these smaller teams that really have a, a good chance and are great teams. Yeah. I just, I think it's all coming down to like the parody of the sport these days. Like Louisiana has been the best team in their conference for a very long time as well. Like they're, they're the, the, the team that's making the postseason um, out of the Sun Belt, And I just think, you know, these teams now, like, they have players that make the mark for their school in the sport. And then once you see their, that name repeatedly, it's like, oh yeah, of course they're in like Allie Dubois, Boston. Like she helped build Boston university, I think kind of into what it is today. And so now when you see Boston come up, it's like, you may not think Allie Dubois, but you think, yeah, you know, Boston is that it's going to be a hard team. Like they're going to be good. And of course they're here. Um, so I just think, you know, players making their mark and the parody of the sport is just, you know, really helping these smaller schools out. Uh, one other note here uh, before we get out of here, uh, the schedule is out. If you're looking for tickets that they're going to drop Monday at noon, might already happen depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, and then to give you a quick update schedule wise, uh, Florida State's game is Friday at 4 p.m. It's on ESPN plus South Carolina. And UCF are going to play seven on Friday night. So they've got the night game there. And from there, the uh, presumed winner's bracket game is a 1 p.m. on Saturday. And I sneeze in the middle of the show, which is perfect. Uh, The potential winning game would be a game five on Saturday night, six o'clock. And then a a winner take all game, I guess, being there on um, or the winner take all game being Sunday, Sunday afternoon, four o'clock, sorry, four o'clock on Sunday. And then if necessary at six 30. So uh, presumably you'd have a four o'clock. If you win that, you'd play at one and then a win there would put you at Sunday at four. So, uh, potentially some early games, you got an early schedule. You, you took the early game on Friday to kind of, I guess, maybe any, any strategy there that you think, or did you just take the early game? Yeah. How bad was my sneeze? One out of 10, like a, like a three. I honestly didn't know you sneezed. So, oh, I didn't pick it up. How about that? Well, <laughs> if you didn't hear it, then great. So I just sneezed on the show off to the side. I hope I missed the dot microphone. I guess I did. So now you just get to know that I did it. Any other thoughts looking at the bracket, anything tournament wise? Are you going to try and make it out to UW? Is that, um, she says no with her face. Probably not. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I, I, yeah, I, I, if I had thought about it earlier, maybe. 
maybe too busy now yeah um but a, a fun weekend ahead next weekend i don't know what our schedule is going to look like obviously i think it's going to partly depend on how these games fall together uh, i'm going to be traveling so we'll see how that works out but uh i will find time and we'll, we'll drop another episode for you pay attention to gwen's twitter account i'll at least retweet it she has more followers than me so i'll let her be the the, the speaker on behalf of the show uh, and worst case scenario, I'll just throw a comment on one of the articles and when you'll get it. My guess will probably be on Monday morning, but I will let you know. Uh, until then, Gwen, any other thoughts? No, I'm excited for the postseason. This is definitely my favorite time of the year, no matter what. So, A magical time. It's regional weekend. It should be a lot of fun. There's a lot of good games here, a lot of fun tournaments, and it's always fun to see that uh, you know a, a one seed loses game one on Friday and it's, and it's chaos central, right? It's just, it, can they fight through the loser's bracket? There's going to be one pitcher who throws a bajillion innings and 7,000 pitches to run through yeah. one. And somehow it's going to be Montana Fouts. <laughs> but we'll see. Hopefully, I hope, I do hope she's okay. Like it, it looked really rough against Arkansas the other night. So we'll see. We shall see. Friday, four o'clock at, uh, in Tallahassee. It all gets started for you. We'll carry it the rest of the way. And like I said, we'll be here weekly up until whenever it is that Florida State is no longer around or if Gwen and I just get bored, which I assume will be after it gets over. But, you know, who knows? Gwen maybe wants to keep podcasting beyond or whatever. But uh, we'll be here as long as you guys want us. So uh, until next week, it's for Brian and Gwen. That's a wrap.